All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and hosts, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only and should be used at the listener's discretion. Did you watch episode two? I did. Can I tell you, it was the most satisfying episode of TV I've watched in a long time. Really? Several reasons. First, they confirmed that, what's his name, is Rust's dad. Yeah, Travis. Right? Right off the bat, too. They just gave you that one. Are we supposed to do like a spoiler alert for this? Sure. What day is today? Wednesday? Thursday. Uh, If you haven't watched watched it by now, then... uh... Yeah, you know that. We're talking about stuff. That's also an obvious one. That's not... That's like I guess that's all over the internet now too. Yeah. So, second, the it's still tied to supernatural, but they also tied it to a person still who's on mm-hmm. the loose. Yeah. So it's not pure. It's not going hundred percent right. Mystical beings, which I like. Yes. Um, so those two things at the front and the end of the episode, I was like, okay, this all the stuff in the middle is good. Overall, this is a very satisfying episode. Confirmed yeah. my hope, and then. Confirm my hope at the end that we're still dealing with a maniac. Maybe possessed by a spirit, but still a, yeah. a flesh and blood maniac. Yep. So what was your take on uh, episode two? Anything big jump out? Enjoyable. The uh, I got to tell you, the dethawing process is pretty creepy. Okay. I don't know how you could... First of all, the the I mean, obviously Alaska doesn't have a lot of people, but I don't know how you could sit in that rink in the complete darkness with that, with the thawing by yourself. So a couple thoughts on the <laughs> That's got to be like a buddy system. <laughs> Go watch the bodies. Yep. I really thought they were going to jump up and get away too. Oh yeah. So when the first guy started moaning in the ice, yeah. I was like, oh, they found an organism that turns people into zombies. They're going to thaw out and start. That was the problem that when he said, we got a problem. I thought that was going to be the problem. It was like yeah. one of them's like stumbling around the rink now. Yeah. Um, why put it in the center of the rink? First of all, why does it have to be in the center? Don't know. <laughs> okay. And then I had my natural uh, over observation thing going on. It has to say at 38 degrees. That's what she quoted for 48 hours. I thought these guys out because the textbook, won't the lights are shining on it bring the surface way higher than 38 while the middle is still too cold? Like they put six giant floodlights on yeah. this thing. So they're heating it up. It's got to be like 40 or something like that or 50. Well, you just can't enjoy the show, huh? You gotta... No. But I did notice the scene after that. They were pointed down towards the ground. Okay. Down towards the ground, up towards the ceiling. That was also to set the mood because all the other lights were out. Yeah. So I chose to believe that that was because they were like, oh, it's getting too warm. Let's point these lights not directly at it mm-hmm. instead of just making it super creepy. Mm. So no, I can't. Yeah. But yes. But yeah, but all then right. it makes me think, like, oh, good. They solved that problem. Yeah. I think I'm too uh, scared during that part to <laughs> worry about the science. And I'm just like, wow, please don't move. Please don't move. I also, uh, I was very cautious to um, pick too much on this aesthetic of the frozen people. Because at first they just look so weird. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if that's just what someone who's been mummified and nice looks like. And is like caught mid-scream kind of thing. Like their heads look weird yeah it looked like somebody took took uh silly putty and just like made people out of it kind of yeah it looks like a you know, wax museum uh yeah well it's just the shape yeah. of everything too yeah. like their necks went right into the it was like a big cotton swab shape yeah of like neck to head but i don't know but yes i'm trying to enjoy i'll it. let you know when i find them outside when i'm walking sadia after an episode <laughs> <laughs> still the worst actually it was kind of crazy the other night no but okay okay so the other night 
during the ice storm. Mm-hmm. Taylor and I watched the episode, and then I went to take Sadie out. And it was weird because I'm sitting on the couch, and my couch looks straight out these windows. Yeah. And I see headlights staring straight in my windows, but there's no road over there where headlights should be straight into my windows. No. And I'm like, that's weird. And uh, <laughs> so then I go outside, and I take Sadie out there, and now there's police lights flashing but they're behind the pine trees so it's just the red and blue flickering off all the snow okay so someone spun out over there but after that episode i'm like "Hmm, not not great (laughs) not good (laughs) not what i'm looking for no car should be on the second story balcony nope (laughs) on a on a parallel street um i'm excited man i'm i'm still excited for the season oh yeah for sure i still don't like waiting a week you know what i i read too that i kind of feel bad about it sounds like uh well it's kind of crybabyish a little bit but the showrunner came out and pleaded um for people to give it good reviews on rotten tomatoes because a lot of the people who are like season one truthers already are just like bashing it and giving it bad reviews really? so it's getting hit pretty hard on reviews so now the showrunners had to come out and be like yeah, all the like season one bros are really bashing it. So can you please like go give us a good hmm. because the viewer, I guess the viewer, whatever poll is lower than the critic poll, and that's not good. Uh, whatever, I don't really know what Rotten Tomatoes does, but uh, I don't know. Did but, you watch any of those the the uh, not Screen Junkie, whatever it was I sent you the YouTube ones? I did not. They get into it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, maybe that's just the dorks. Yeah, doing dork stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, I also saw a thing that was like, oh, maybe this will set the stage for Matthew McConaughey to come back and help them solve it. I don't want that to happen. No. That would be bad. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind if they do a phone call with him and he stonewalls him. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Almost like, oh, he, he this is just way back in. He's yeah. like, yeah, no thanks. And just like hangs up on him. Yeah. And that's the last you ever hear from him. So you always wonder like if he's going to call back or if he's going to show up. I don't know where and do like the hero thing yeah. and he never does. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be yeah. pretty awesome. I think they've done enough tip of the hat right now that they can just be like, yeah, we did it. You know, that's, yeah. you know, and be satisfying enough. Yeah. I would like that. I would like a little bit of, um, cause that would fit right in with the rust character too, of like, mm-hmm. nope, that chapter's closed. Yep. I figured it out and I'm living in the Bahamas or something like yeah. that. Um, I haven't, anything else about episode two? I just got a thought. I had a thought yesterday in the car. Um, about something completely different that I think you'd be a good resource on. I've successfully kept Nathan off of um, what I consider stupid things in the car, like Kids Bop mm-hmm. and Disney soundtracks and stuff like that. Katie's given into it. Creates a real mess when they get in my car then. They're like, let's turn on this. And I'm like, it's not happening. Yeah. So we hook up the phone. And if Nathan wants loud music, we turn on um, like Busta Rhymes, Pandora. Mm-hmm. Relatively inaudible. It's just mm-hmm. really fast, right? Yep. And then uh, if he wants rock and roll music, I turn on Avenged Sevenfold Radio. Same thing. Lots mm-hmm. of screaming. Not many lyrics actually yeah. heard in that, you know? Mm-hmm. So we let, yesterday going to karate, he wanted he wanted rock and roll music. So I turned on Avenged Sevenfold Radio. My question is this. Is Avenged Sevenfold old enough to be cool yet? Because I turned it on. It was amazing. Like, I haven't listened to their songs in a while. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked them whenever, 10 years ago. Yeah. And liked them ever since where I'd hear like one song a year maybe on the radio. Yeah. I must have made it through three quarters of their original album yesterday. Just rocking, man. And I, th- I feel like it's Metallica almost. Like it's far enough in the past where it's cool again. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think that, so I can't remember what the, whatever their bad album is. I think the 
Is it on Holy Confessions or is that yeah, one of the there songs like, that's on it? There was like three of them after the drummer died that were just That album rough. I think are, is fine to go back to, but I think the ones after that are still a little too... Uh, so from then and earlier, yeah. like their self-titled album, yeah. Nightmare, all that stuff is... Mm-hmm. I mean, they're first of all, they're five minute long songs, yeah. which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like the journey the song takes. The only other one that I've done now is uh, No Effects and... Uh, Avenged Sevenfold collaborated on an old No Effects song and redid it, which is awesome. Really? But yeah. Okay. Linoleum, which is a really good one. But... I'll check it out. But yeah, I was like, I wonder if this is cool again. Cause it I don't got, think it's it was, quite there yet. It was cool. Yeah. And then it got a lot of hate. Yeah. And then it went away. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's the same path that like Metallica took, right? Because they started making yeah. like St. Anger, yeah. Once, like garbage albums. Even a little before that when they went to like, Load was good and Reload was kind of like... <laughs> There. <laughs> yeah and i think if you go back and listen to them independently now they're, yeah they're good yeah but if you came from like master of the puppets and that and you were expecting that yeah yeah you were disappointed for a long time dude i'm excited i almost went about, went out and got like a death bat decal for the truck i was like this i'm right back and then into <laughs> these guys dude i <laughs> love these guys brought me back <laughs> yeah oh dude it was great um well good i'm i'm excited i could see that as something being like nathan's in Grade school. I'll tell you what's not back. Disturbed. So <laughs> don't even ask about that. <laughs> Just because you punched Dave Draymond no, got in punched. a sound booth one got time. Punched. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that happened. Just because you and Dave Draymond got in a physical altercation one time. Um, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, hate him. That was a long time ago. That's fine. I think about that <laughs> every day. <laughs> Is that one of the things you sleep up? You're like... All that stupid stuff you yeah. did when you were 14 that yep. keeps you up at night. Oh, yeah. like, that only cringing, you remember. Cringing in the shower. <laughs> ah, why'd I do that? Stupid. Um, I have an imaginary fights in the shower. <laughs> well, I asked for, this week on social media, I asked for people to send in stories and stuff. I want to start doing this. I want to get more listener stuff involved because we can tell stories. Amazing stories. But uh, I like this silly stuff from the listeners. And so I got one before. I sent you the long one. Yep. Which is more like, uh, it's definitely not advice. I don't want to do, I feel like every podcast that runs out of ideas starts an advice thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Yeah, This is already handled. I would like to hear how you would handle these things. <laughs> because I gave, him, I gave him advice. Yeah, He did it and it turned out perfectly, obviously. Okay, But uh, you and I have different ways of approaching things. Sure. First though, I asked one and that one in. And essentially, um, I'm not going to be able to get back to it quick enough. But they went to a psych call for a paranoid schizophrenic guy. And the way it hashed out was Matt's name is Matt. So the guy was not trusting anyone, not trusting the cops. Borderline barricade, barricaded himself, but they got in and talked to him, right? Mm-hmm. They negotiate with him for like an hour. He finally says, okay, I'll go to the hospital. So Matt says, my name's Matt. I'm going to take care of you. My driver's over there. Go to the door and meet him. Driver's name is also Matt. Okay, so now it's getting a little hairy. Yeah. They asked the guy in the ambulance, like, can the cops come in here? He's like, yeah. The guy's like, what's the cop's name? It's also Matt. Mm. Okay. So now they're, they're nervous. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, luckily there was one more Matt involved in there. I can't remember what it was uh-huh. just by chance. Yeah. And he goes, I really hope that the nurse's name was not Matt. This guy's going to freak yeah, out because we just talked it. to him for an hour. <laughs> right. I'm like, that's just kind of the so kind of thing. Call on the, the radio and be like, Matt's there. <laughs> Send him not to room 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make sure your name's Mark today. But, uh, that's the kind of stuff I like, man. Um, but those are the stories I want to start going over because those are just fun things to talk about. Because mm-hmm. then you start to realize also, like, it's the same circus, different 
same clowns, different circus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what Mickey would say too. He's like, you think you guys are all special? He's like, there's five Chris Morellas in El Paso. Yeah. And there's six Kurt Hansons in El Paso. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, I'm still special. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, here, there's only one. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. All right. So let's get to this longer one. So this guy says, this is one that submitted a while ago. Um, a little bit of a conflict. He says, we had a fire the last day of our tour, last shift. I don't know. We had a fire the last day I worked. So I dropped my gear off in the morning at the only station that had the washer to wash it, um, blah, blah, blah. I went to work the next day and forgot to grab my gear from that station. I let my lieutenant know. We rushed over to get it. He gave me a little brow beating, said it was unacceptable. I said, I get it, but I got very frustrated with myself. I made an error in judgments out of neglect, which was inexcusable. It wasn't malicious, but it was a very dumb move. I was very, very angry at myself, and I isolated myself a little bit that morning. My lieutenant came out and asked, quote, am I going to sit out here and be an asshole? <laughs> I should have read that before I said it. <laughs> um, I replied a little bit, and then the lieutenant slammed the door and walked away. The rest of the shift was not great. My question was at that time, I said, how do I address this with him? I was frustrated with myself, but I think he took it as me being frustrated with him for some reason, and now we're not getting along. Okay, so that sets the stage. Yeah. So at face value, what are you thinking? Because uh, to me, it was, I don't know why, I read back in my answer here, and I was like, oh, the when I read it, when I sent it to you, I thought something different than when I answered him. Yeah. Yeah, so what's your kind of face value thing at that? My thought is this was probably over after the lieutenant said that this was unacceptable. Yeah. Like, the situation was over. I mean, you, you were able to get your stuff. He was able to satisfy his position of being able to say like, yeah, that's not acceptable. And yeah. then that was it. My guess is the dynamic of the shift changed after that with him or her uh, isolating themselves. Mm. And the lieutenant already thought this was over. And so now that the whole station dynamic was thrown off, that made him more upset. And that's where the conflict came of, you know, the confrontation later yeah. of it's like, are you going to, this is done a long time ago. So either, either the Lieutenant thought it was over at that point and was like, why are we still dragging this on? Yeah. Um, or he's a D bag, which, <laughs> which I'm guessing is probably not the case, but, uh, it sounds like he got along with him before this yes. and after it too, after he kind of yeah resolved this. So my, my thought was, is this, this was done after you got your stuff and nothing happened. Yeah. And the Lieutenant said his piece, and whatever happened after that was uh, probably a little bit more than the circumstance needed. So I said, I said, it sounds like um, your, your lieutenant thought that you were mad at him for browbeating him and, and telling you that it was unacceptable. Yeah. Because, and what it was was you were frustrated with yourself, so you're in, in general pissed. But then all he saw was you say, I made a mistake, he browbeated you, and then you isolated yourself. Mm-hmm. And in my mind... Um, I've had that happen to me before. I'm like, just follow the rules. And the yeah. person throws a fit and I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. And then it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. When he came out to the, the patio or whatever and said, are you still going to be an a-hole? I assumed that was meaning um, you were an a-hole to react that way and get mad at me for helping you out. Like yeah. I went above and beyond and helped you out, drove mm-hmm. you over here. I didn't write you up. Yeah. Didn't do a, you know, in our department, we do an employee contact form most likely. Um, and you should be just like, bending over backwards today and instead you're pouting on the yeah. the patio mm-hmm. like are you gonna, are you done or what yeah and then when you say 
no, I'm not being done being an a-hole. Like, well, I guess I got to be an a-hole now. Right. And that's not the right answer, but right. that's just the natural thing of like, hey, man, we did you a favor. You be happy with us now. Yeah. I said, uh, I said, so it sounds like just cross wires. You're mad yourself. He thought you were frustrated with him for doing his job mm-hmm. when you screwed up. I said, what I would do is first thing next day, go in there and be like, let's, let's clear this up because I was doing one thing. You were doing another thing. They clashed. Yep. And I think there's no problem. Yeah. And, uh, he ended up doing that. And the lieutenant's like, you know, I, he's like, I knew you were frustrated with yourself. He goes, I wasn't happy. We had to do that. And you kind of put me in that spot. He goes, uh, but the fact that you were pouting, regardless of if it was mad at you or me, he goes, I just cannot tolerate that. Yeah. And I said, that's understandable because yeah, I don't want to tolerate that yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said he used some strong language to convey the point that like, you can be mad at whoever you want, but pouting is not an option around right. here. So the guy who sent that to me said, um, everything's cool. He goes, but it definitely gave me some insight. Like if I have a problem in the future, now I understand what's acceptable to go with this guy with. Like if I'm going to go to him, I better become with answers mm-hmm. and a solution, not just like, here's my problems. Can you give me a pat on the back for it? I mean, if you're any legitimate person, that's really what you should be coming with is a problem and your solution for it. Yeah. You know, but obviously we have a lot of people that come in with their palms up being like, how are you going to help me on this oh, mistake that I made? You know, <laughs> yeah. how are you going to get me out of this hole that I dug? Yep. <laughs> Um, I fall for it most times, man. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be like, I don't know, yeah. but come back to me when you have an idea. Right. I'm like, well, I've seen well, this before. Unfortunately, we you've gotten yourself into a position where you're relying on that person. So it becomes your problem. You know, that's very true. Very true. Um, uh, so if you saw this guy isolating himself on the patio and you knew that I was angry at him, you saw this conflict happen. Yeah. You know, we went to another station to pick up his gear. Now me and him are, are feuding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you play any part in that as the driver? Yeah, I'd probably go to, well, I'd probably go to the junior guy first, the back end guy first, and just yeah. figure out what the issue is. And I probably make him go speak his piece, but not in a way of accusing the officer of anything. Just be like, listen, like this is what I was, this is what happened. This is why I'm, however I feel this way, yeah. I apologize for it, and give the officer a chance to be like, all right, that's cool, like you know, this is squash or whatever. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't look like that's going to happen, I probably go back to the officer and be like, all right, this is how this guy's feeling on this, you know, and yeah. this is why he's hanging out out there and so on and so on. And then I feel like I've kind of done my part at that point. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm probably not going further than that to bring like the two of them together at the table and be like, Hey guys, let's talk about this. You know, would you, in that situation, would, if you went and appealed to the junior guy, he said, nah, and you went to the officer, would you expect the officer to approach that guy? Not, I'm not saying like, um, what you would like, but realistically, do you expect that? Or would you expect the officer to be like, well, when he's ready, you can come talk to me then? Uh, I would probably not expect the officer to go do it right away, yeah. but it shouldn't linger more than a shift, you know, if they're going to, oh, yeah, right. you know, and so, um, I would, I would hope that if it lingered through the shift, then I would hope the officer would probably address it first thing yeah. next day and be like, listen, I like, I know last day didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, uh, let's figure this out real quick before we start the rest of the shift and have it end up that way. But I would kind of expect the junior guy to go and, and try and solve it from his end first before the officer had to go do it. You know what I think? I I think the officer's part in that the officer did his part. The officer did what he was supposed to do. He let the guy, you know, have his space for whatever, but at some point you got to move on from it, you know, and you can't, you can't let that destroy the rest of the shift because unfortunately we may be working together pretty closely in the next, half hour on something and so <laughs> right uh, well i've yeah. done that before too where we've, i've gotten into conflict with someone we went on a call 
and I was driving the engine at that point just for a sub day or something like that. And I remember telling him like, before the call went off, I was, I was like, okay, I screwed up a little bit. He's not happy. I'll go talk to him. Went to go talk to him. And then a call came in. So we go to the call pretty standoff, standoffish with each other through the call, but whatever. We're riding back and I, he was junior to me still is. And I said, uh, Hey man, <laughs> funny how that works out. Yeah. Uh, I said, Hey, listen, you can be quiet and angry until we get back to the station. And then we're going to talk about this. Yeah. And I knew I messed up. I, I was like, I've got to take control of this thing. So mm-hmm. I told him like, you can be pissed off and offended and all that. When we get back, we're going to figure this out. And if one of us has to do something more than that, then we'll figure it out too. Yeah. And, um, and then we did, and it took about, it took a while. We, we were cool pretty immediately. We understood each other. We still weren't happy with each other. But um, letting it linger, the only thing that's going to happen is, unfortunately, the officer still has the power, is still in power. Mm-hmm. So if you really screw up, even though it may not be um, a good thing to do, I would not be surprised if that person was shipped out the next day or mm-hmm. if retroactively there was an employee contact form filled out. Because it was like, mm-hmm. I tried to help this guy out. He's not being cool. And then the next day you think about it more, you're like, you know what? I tried to help him out and I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And he's thrown in my face. So I'm going to throw it in his face now. Well, I think you got future working conditions to worry about too. Of like, all right, you made a pretty honest mistake that most people yeah. can make. Are you going to be scrutinized further for other things, your skills or anything like yeah. that by this officer now, you know, if you don't clear it up? You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, uh, your leash got a lot shorter Yeah, and the benefit of the doubt gets a lot shorter too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good, man. I think we beat that one into the dirt. We're at 25 minutes. Oh, it's a shorty. It's shorty. We can go over that graphic real quick. Do you have any printed thoughts on that thing? Graphic. What, I sent it to you in a text. Only because I put it up there yesterday or the day before, and it got some decent traction. Oh, yeah. So apparently people are... Sorry, it's dog poo. Falling. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only... filled up my last camera roll. So the graphic is uh, just says, I'm not worried about turning nines into tens. I want to help fours become sevens. Yeah. Nines will help you win, but fours will make you lose. Might make you lose. Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, a lot of people grabbed onto that one. I think a few pages shared it, which helped. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people identify with that, which I think is cool because it's not the typical flashy influencer hypervigilant thing. You, me, and Raph have talked about this, though, previously a while ago of that outside of the fire service in the the strength and conditioning world, we felt like we got more satisfaction out of getting a kid to be able to be part of a team than taking the kid who was already awesome and like making him a little more awesome and attaching yourself to that. So for us, I feel like we always had that. Let's, let's raise the floor instead of like push one person ceiling a little bit further. Um, Yeah. We saw that too with, um, I think just thinking that now we saw how, glamorous maybe and not glamorous the the strength and conditioning role at that top tier is with raf yeah. too where it's like you're the guy right mm-hmm. and that looks glamorous but then you talk to him and he's like my only job here is to make sure they don't get more out of shape or hurt right and then we're not we're, not, we're polishing diamonds yep and that's extremely unattractive to a lot of people because you're not setting prs you're not like right getting this person who couldn't be part of a team and helping accomplish something you're just making sure that you don't get blamed if they get hurt yep it's like well that's not exactly yeah what i thought it was gonna right. be um, you know in our team environment though like at work like it's great if you have a nine 
on your crew, but the four, the nine can't compensate for the four right. all the way, you know? So yeah. I would rather have, I would rather bring the four up to a seven and know that I can get a lot more out of my company as a whole Yeah. versus having one person that I know I can count on. But once that person's done, like I don't, I don't have much else to work with, you know? Well, and where's the four, right? Right. If your nine is pumping, that means your four is, it's you and the four. Yeah. And on the opposite end, if you and the nine are waiting to go in the door and your four is pumping, what are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a, a batch of sixes and sevens across the board isn't all that bad. Yeah. We went over that personality thing a long time ago at work where it's like one of the fallacies of the fire department is like, you're either a 10 or a one. Mm-hmm. You're either SEAL team six or you're in the way yeah. dragging the company down. And I think one of the main takeaways from that whole thing was like, no, your organization runs on B and B minus players. Yeah. Like that is the absolute mm-hmm. lifeblood of your organization. Yeah. It's great if you have some more, let's try to take care of the ones that are less, but you're not, no one's running an A plus organization. Right. We're all just regular guys. Some of them are more capable than others, but B's are like what makes up the world, yeah. you know? So don't discount the B's and tell them they're in the way just because right. they're not A pluses. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, that was a cool thing to see that people grab on that. I wonder if social media is swinging back towards the middle a little bit. I and mean, there's always going to be a space for the crazy stuff, right? Yeah. But I think I, I think absorbers of social media probably like seeing the middle instead of seeing that outlier influencers all the time now. I yeah. think or at least they're more aware that most of the influences are influencers are outliers now, you know. Or just liars. Or liars, yeah. <laughs> or just liars in general, <laughs> yeah. right? Damn, I've seen dude. one too many goob Gooba two guys. Oh, dude. Editing awesome. videos. Yeah. <laughs> guys are the best. <laughs> he's awesome because uh, in the beginning stages of it, he's so confident. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I wouldn't be so confident about yeah. this one. He's like, let me tell you for the next four minutes why I'm so confident. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, got him again. Yep. Like he has no hesitation. He's yeah. like, oh, I'll take this person down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know that for every 90 second clip he's posting, he's got a ton that didn't make it to the, oh, yeah. you know, uh, that he's backing it up with. Oh, it's, it's very satisfying when he's like, um, when he's like, I wish you didn't come after me, but now I got to do yep. this. Like you weren't even on the radar. Here we go. And, yep. <laughs> like, oh man, yep. you could have just kept doing your thing nice and easy. <laughs> or people preemptively tell him like, I know my stuff looks fishy, but it's not. He's yeah. like, well, now I'll pay attention yeah. to you. <laughs> yep. Or like when, uh, like someone will come to someone else's aid and I'm be like, well, you now have uh, oh, <laughs> made it. And brutal. so let's take a look at your stuff. <laughs> brutal. Dude. All right. Mm-hmm. Once again, didn't mention, didn't do the spoiler alert. And I didn't in the beginning mention Fourth Frontier for the heart rate monitoring strap. It's the only one that gives you lead to EKG capabilities. And also Rescue One CBD, 100% THC free, 0.000 THC. So you can take it and not fail a drug test. It's CBD. Did I say that? You did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, zero THC. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, got to clear that up. All right. Uh, as always, keep working on being more capable and durable, both on job and away from it, and be a force shifter. And here's this uh, episode three. Ah, oh, man. Can't wait. <laughs>